It's time for Talking Tauntauns! Your Star Wars source at AIPTcomics.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Tauntauns. I am your host, Jim Lahane. And with me, as always, is Nicole Herview. And the one who is actively hitting his mic is not JJ. It is our old buddy, Connor Christensen. Prematurely announcing my presence. Yes. Yes. As uh, always. It, it, it's like when those people like don't know when to start talking um, because they haven't been introduced yet to it. They're like, I want to say something. So it's like, who's that random <laughs> voice in the background? <laughs> no, we. No, I would. No. I'm talking. Uh, we, we invited Connor back because JJ is getting married next week. So he is more than busy enough. And so we wanted to talk the rising storm. And I know that Connor was raving about it on Twitter, even getting to the point where Kevin Scott had responded to him. So uh, I thought uh, Connor would be a great guy to come on and uh, talk to, about it with us. Yeah, and it's good because I missed the uh, the book club over the That's weekend, which I was kind of bummed about. I did too. Wanted to, wanted to talk about it, so excited to get into it. Uh, none of my real world friends read the books, uh, so <laughs> this is where I get to talk about it. Thanks. <laughs> Jim, I've not met you in person yet. Actually, Nicole counts as a real yeah. world friend. I've met yeah. her in person. You're the only person on this podcast I've not met actually, in person, actually. Same here. You're the only one I haven't met in person. It's because I'm not real. Oh wow! I wouldn't be shocked. Been a bot this whole. I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> I'm an AI. Yeah, makes sense. That's why my that's why my humor is always on point. Oh yes, it's always computer generated. It's seriously like targeted to someone. He changes his <laughs> setting someone. before every podcast. <laughs> Got specific audiences loaded up. <laughs> someone finds me funny out there. And for anyone who does, please tweet at us. Yeah, really. I'd love to know that. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us at Talking Tauntauns on Twitter. Okay. All right. Moving on. We have news. Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Hello, what have we here? All right. So, first up on the news, uh, in an interview. On Wired, uh, Taika Waititi has said that he has started working on his Star Wars movie, of which we know almost nothing about it, except that it has a really cool logo that looks like um, something from, oh, what's the, the comedy? Why are they slipping my mind? You can do this. Come on. Do you know? You can do this. It's well. I mean, it's I. I I'm thinking in my head. It's very '80s, '70s neon style. Yeah, right? '80s, '70s rock, but the like, um, like the '70s hair, rock, uh, not rock, hair, uh, hair metal, Spinal Tap. Yeah, something. Pantera. I'm seven. Not Pantera. All that. No. Yeah, all that. All of it. Hair, it's got a hair rock vibe it's to all it. All of those things. Hair metal. Hair metal is the term I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm not thinking any of those terms. Well, I'm never thinking mind. more like schoolhouse rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Actually, no, that is more accurate, though. Can I look at this real quick? How, yes, who's correct and why? I, I think, I think, I, Schoolhouse Rock is probably more accurate to the the logo of the Taika Waititi's. Is so, this logo in this article, or do I have to look it up elsewhere? Oh, you'd probably have You're to look have it up. To look okay, it up. Yeah. hang on. Let me, let me. S- right. Oh, here we go. I got Send it. Send it to me. 
All right. So it says in the article, having finished filming on Love, Thor, Love and Thunder, Waititi is now focusing more on his Star Wars film. He says it's still in the EXT space stage, he laughs, referring to the uh. format scriptwriters use to set up a scene. But we've got a story. I'm really excited by it because it feels very me. Has it been a challenge to marry his irreverent tone with the operatically sincere Star Wars universe? I tend to go down that little sincerity alleyway in my films, he says. I like to fool the viewer into thinking, ha, huh, it's this, and then that, then them going, damn it, you made me feel something. Yeah, um, that's lovely. That's wonderful. I'm excited about all that. This is literally the Schoolhouse Rock logo, except at an angle. <laughs> and um, also, all I can hear is, hi, I'm Korg. I'm made of rocks. Like, that's all I hear when I look at this. Uh, I was thinking, too, while I was looking at the article earlier today, um, I'm surprised none of us jumped on the obvious clickbait opportunity to write an article with a headline, Taika Waititi confirms details about Star Wars film, and then have it be, Taika Waititi, in an interview with Wired, said that the film will begin in the exteriors of space. Because that's the only thing that's confirmed so far, as he said, well, it will be in space. And uh, it's made of rocks. And that's it. <laughs> it's but their stars and there's well there may not even be wars it's it's just there could be no war there are stars and there might be a potential for conflict that's it i love this man so he could do whatever he wants and i'll probably enjoy it and that'll be that (laughs) he's utterly fantastic like of all the people i'm happy that disney is just being like make a movie do whatever you want with it taika waititi is one of those like directors that yeah if you just give him free reign He's going to make something weird, mm-hmm. for sure. It's going to be super weird, but it's going to be something super weird that everybody yes. loves. And, like, he's been involved in the universe for long enough that, like, you can trust him. Yeah, with so. uh, his uh, role on and directorial on uh, exactly. The Mandalorian. That's exactly right. Like, he just, he's in it. So, of course, they know they can trust him. And they know everyone loves him. And he can almost do no wrong. So, let's go. I, oh. I also found him particularly breathtaking in his uh, 0.7 seconds of screen time in Suicide Squad. I thought he was truly, so good. truly captivating. So good. <laughs> Literally, in the, like watching at home, like, was that Taika yep. Waititi? Oh, he's off the screen. And then I looked at him I'm like, oh, that was yeah. Taika Waititi. Yeah, cool. he's Rat Catcher. He's great. Very yeah. good. Our- anyway, very excited for his movie. I, like, you could tell me his movie was going to be about... Two like two uh, uh, imperial dropouts who flunked out of the flight school and are now living on Tatooine as homeless mm. people. That could be the movie, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's, I bet that's going to be, be awesome." The two, uh, <laughs> like, the two uh, stormtroopers in that one beginning of the episode of The Mandalorian, where they're just kind of just hanging out on their little oh, it's, punching oh, that's, baby uh, Jason, yeah, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Adam Pally, right? Yeah, just it could be them. Yeah. that could be the movie. It could be two hours of that, and I'd be like, "Yep, what." Okay. Maybe this is wishful thinking, and it definitely is, and it's 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 not going to happen. But if it were like a Tag and Bink movie, he'd be perfect for that. Like, I would love that. Because, I mean, that episode of The Mandalorian, which, I mean, Waititi directed, yeah. right? Like, that yeah. was him. Nice. That opening was essentially Tag and Bink. Like, so if they just kind of kept that up, or even if that is the plan for this movie, it's like, we're just going to follow these two idiots around. I'd I would be like, love okay. that. Yeah. Cool. So for people who don't know who Tag and Bink are, 
they're we talked about it a little bit before. They're essentially Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in the Star Wars universe. And for the people who don't know oh, that reference. Oh, I was going to say, hello. <laughs> I did know that reference, and that was still a little... Uh, yeah, they're uh, Hamlet's to uh, friends. They are Timon and Pumbaa to yeah. uh, Hamlet's Simba. Exactly. Like, yes, literally. Uh, so... There was a yeah. show called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and that's basically Lion King one and a half because Lion King is yes. ha- uh, Hamlet, and then Lion King two is um, Romeo and Juliet, and uh, Lion King one and a half is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. So that should help you with that. Or I thought Lion said, King I thought you three said Hamilton Hamlet for uh, did I say Hamilton? I'll, I'll <laughs> no, leave. I thought you did. I'll I leave was now. like, I was like. I need to rewatch no, Hamilton. Ham, Ham, <laughs> Hamlet. Hamlet. Shakespeare. No, that, so, was, that was on me. I'm pretty sure you didn't the say that. So it's also, it's also Lion King 3 in Europe. It is. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Which so is it, very it, strange. One and a half and three are the same, same movie. It's, apparently. It's really weird. It's tomorrow. But you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. That's, that's what's yeah. up. Okay. Either way, Taika, do what you want with the movie. We know Go you're live listening. Your truth. We're going to love it either way. Go live your truth, <laughs> yeah. Taika. Yeah, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. We'll love it. And our second and last news, and probably the the biggest of our news, is we got a trailer. Yeah. For for Star Wars Visions, we had talked about it a couple weeks ago. We kind of got a behind the scenes featurette. Really, it wasn't much of a trailer, um, but this one was a full blooded trailer. And I didn't realize this when I sent this. Uh, to my co-host is that because um, I had seen the original trailer that was pa- being passed around. The whole trailer was in English. I had sent them the trailer completely in Japanese. Yay. We love a dub. No, well, we love a sub, not a dub. What happened in my brain I've, just now? I've been told by many people, uh, including yelled at, ver- basically, uh, over text message by my stepbrother that you cannot watch any... Any sort of anime uh, dubbed over in English because it just it will you will lose pretty much what the the creators intended their intended vision gets like wiped away when it comes to translation. So everyone tells me like you gotta watch just watch the subtitles. It's much better. Correct. So uh, I same as Jim. I'd watch the first trailer I watched was uh, the dubbed one. And like I'm, uh, we talked about this when we did the the fan film episode. I'm just because we watched the Tie Fighter anime. I'm just not really an anime. It's just not for me. I have nothing against it. It's just not my my thing. Um, so like I watched the the dub one. I was like, cool. It's very flashy. I'll watch it. It's Star Wars. But then watch the dub. I was like, yeah, this feels less. I, it's just something when it's dubbed. It's like this feels less ridiculous. The sub, it's more like, authentic. With, yeah, that's more it. Authentic. It's, it's more authentic. Yes. That's much. That's a much better way it's, of putting it. I I don't know if you watched me watching it, but the pure joy I had watching that trailer was absurd. And I'm not the biggest anime person in the world. I have friends who are much bigger fans than I am, but like I dig a Studio Ghibli movie. I do. I grew up on Pokemon and Digimon and all that situation. I'm watching Sailor Moon for the last year and a half. Um, It's just like a thing that's always kind of been something I like a lot, but don't get like fully into this. I'm going to lose my mind with like, this looks so cool. There's so many different art styles in it, which I adore. It's such a cool vibe. It's all like such, such a cool vibe. And I think that this might be a gateway for a lot of people who like maybe have never tried anime before. Um, 
this might get you to fall in love with the medium because it's so cool. It's so interesting. So artful. The way they have... Yeah, I mean... Uh, go ahead, Jim. The way they have this trailer cut is just amps you up. Yeah. Like, I, I was, like, really excited. I'm like, it had... They, they cut this trailer phenomenally because you're right. There are a ton of different styles. You see, I'm assuming all of them in this trailer, at least like brief glimpses here and there. Um, and it looks really awesome. And I personally, I'm kind of like um, not a, a real anime watcher. I'm one of those watched on Toonami. Um, <laughs> I watch like, I love Dragon Ball Z. I know that's like, cheating it's not real anime but it's it, it's it one of my favorite shows of all time um gundam wing i really enjoyed when it was on toonami big into gundam wing as a kid yeah big and so those th- th- those are my kind of my gateways and then the animatrix which we like when you we talked about this originally it sounded like the animatrix it doesn't look like the animatrix at all so. Yeah, I, I would say my my foray into to anime is very similar to yours, Jim. Watched I watched Gundam Wing when I was a kid. Um, if a property that I already like is gonna get some sort of anime adaptation or feature, I'll I'll watch it. Like I watched Batman Ninja. Honestly, I didn't really like it that much, but I don't think I was alone in that. I think a lot of people didn't really like it. Um, Blade Runner did a bunch of anime shorts, and they've got another anime coming out that looks awesome. Um, so I think this works for exactly what Nicole was saying. Is like this is perfect for, like, because if this weren't Star Wars, I don't think I would watch it. But who this might be what gets me into like, ooh, I like that style of anime. I'm gonna go follow that studio now. Yeah, like, that was cool. I'm gonna go follow that. And so I like it for that reason. Even though I've still like, there's been a lot of things that I thought would do it for me. That I'm like, oh, this will be the thing that gets me to anime, and it hasn't. Um, just because, like I said, it's not. It's just a style that's not really for me. It's super and i don't just mean the art style just mean like thematically and with action sequences and narratives it's all really 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 over the top and that's like the point of it and i've just never really gotten super into mm. that but because this is star wars i will absolutely watch it and who knows like there might be one that i end up loving and being like i, I want more of this type of thing um so i think it's awesome that they're doing it regardless even if anime is not even if you're like me and anime is not for you i think this is really cool because it's gonna they're, they're attempting to bring you into a new art form and i think that's yeah and i think that the thing that scares people off of anime a lot is that those bigger series like something like sailor moon if you're gonna watch it it's like a hundred plus episode commitment like there's episode like anime that are like one piece has lasted forever like i i don't think it'll ever end if it hasn't already i don't know i just know one piece is long as hell so like if you're trying to get into it and you go to like some of the bigger names, the Dragon Ball Z's, the Pokemon, the, this kind of thing, you're going to see hundreds of episodes and you're not going to watch it. This is seven. This is seven shorts and, and they're and all they're accessible. Shorts, yeah. You know what I mean? So like this is going to be one of those things that it's like, okay, I can kind of see like you're saying like a studio that I like or a vibe that I dig. And it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to I'm going to go on this journey because it seems similar to this thing that I liked, you know. So I think that's another another big plus for this. And I, I think it's it's a really great idea. And the execution so far looks great. Yeah. Dragon Ball is probably over 300 episodes by now and Easily. encompasses four different series. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, you're right. It is one of those like daunting things, whereas this is very accessible I think we're getting all um, nine. 
I think nine shorts, right? Is it seven, nine? Or it's seven, seven creators, nine yes, shorts. Yes, yes, yes. So that's where I get confused. And so we're getting all of them on the same day. I almost wish, actually, I do wish, I wish they would give it one a week. Me too. Even if it's a short, let us like absorb that one as opposed to throwing all nine at, at the same time at us, regardless of how long they are. Uh, I would. I, I would really love it just one at a time, but yeah. I'll take it what they give me. <laughs> I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited. It's more, I mean, it's more stars. Now, my only question, I don't know if either of you know the answer to this. Are are these all in canon? Yeah, I think are so. These, I think uh, they said that they're all going to be all, canon. Okay. Yeah. So. That's what I was interested in. Yeah. Because um, you have, I sent Jim this tweet where somebody, it was, uh, I think it was Culture Crave, the Twitter account. Tweeted out, Star Wars fans, get mad that the Kylo Ren crosssaber is too ridiculous. Star Wars visions. And you have the one Sith who pulls out like a, what is essentially a lightsaber umbrella that starts firing <laughs> around it. And again, that's that's where, like, to me, that's something with anime that is that works in that style. But if you tried to do something like that in, like, live action or anything else... I don't know if it would work because it's just so extra and over the Someone top. Someone edited. Uh. <laughs> when Maul opens his saber in The Phantom Menace, you know, the moment, and he opens the dual-ended saber. Someone edited that in it instead. Like, he had that many blades on his and Like, <laughs> it was just like, this is ridiculous. And it's just uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon just put their sabers away and turn around. And, like, it's in reverse. Like, it was just a really good edit. And I was like, that's funny as hell now i understand where that came from but yeah it doesn't work at all like in that edit i was like no this is stupid as hell but uh yeah it it seems to to work here i hardly noticed but that's but i also think that's part of where bringing this art form into star wars is cool because you can do things you wouldn't be able to do in live action i think that's the perfect example like that would look probably pretty stupid in live action but anime looks awesome it fits so like it, it works it kind of resembles the inquisitors lightsabers mm-hmm. where they very similar so they have the, the the similar they have the the central hub and the the basically the the spinning lightsaber blade so eh. Eh. but you're right it it's it's over the top but it's in a medium that's supposed to be over the top yeah. and so it works there and yeah i Oh, I was going to say, I did notice in the trailer there are First Order Stormtroopers, so it does look like we're going to get something within the sequel trilogy we haven't seen before, which I think is, that's cool. We also are getting Boba Fett. Yes, uh, that's yep, cool. You see, yep, see the slave one in there? Oh, no, well, you see Boba Fett, too. Like, he is, like... Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. You see him And it's not blatantly. it's not yeah. slave one anymore. Um, it's Boba Fett's ship. I, I saw that. I saw that. A lot of people lost oh, yeah, their minds. Oh, yeah, about it. It was... Oh, you guys yeah, did talk did. about it. Never mind. I won't get into it then. Madness yeah. is what it was. I did hear rumors that um, supposedly they have a new name for the ship. It's Now they're calling it the Fire Spray, which... So, okay, that that came out today or this earlier this week. This The Fire Spray is just the class of ship. Yes. Or the model of the ship. So it's the same thing as the Millennium Falcon is a YT Corellian cruiser, just like the Slave 1 is is a fire spray, but it's not named the fire but spray. But I think that's... Although, to be fair, like, I I get both sides of the argument, but also it's like, Slave is a weird name Horrible for a ship. Name. Not to rehash what you guys have yeah, already talked about, not... but it's like, it is the kind of, like, there's no real reason to call it the Slave. If there were, like, a, like, a reason narratively to call it the Slave, I might be a little, like, 
upset about it, but it's like, no, there's no reason. Really no reason to call it the slave. It's a weird name for a ship. Anyway, we're good. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to get us off right. track. No. Um, the canosity, canonosity status of the show, um, apparently from what I've heard, it's a one of those that it's not really in canon until it gets mentioned elsewhere like it would be one of those kind of like put off on the side until the other toys um call it in and we get that immediately with the ronin novel um that's coming out almost i think like next month or two months it's like coming out real soon um and so that that's one of those like one of the 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 vision shorts that uh will immediately get called in i assume to canon yes so it's it's uh it's like the star wars legos uh shorts where it's it's canon adjacent kind of from my understanding is like these things happened in canon they're just not relevant to canon you know what i mean like they're not relevant to the main story but they happened and maybe they'll come in to be relevant, you know? Yeah. So they're canon, but not necessarily in a relevant sort of way, if that makes yeah. sense. That's probably the best uh, explanation um, I've heard. Hey, thanks. I like that. I think that works. I like it. Uh, also, along with the visions, is that we will be getting this movie in two versions. We're going to get a um, subbed and dubbed version. Um, so the the subtitled will be the in the original Japanese, like we were talking about the trailer coming out in the original Japanese and had subtitles on the trailer. And we're also getting a dubbed version with uh, English speaking, basically replacing the Japanese. And we have a lot of um, names that we uh, that we recognize as part of our voice cast for the English version. Um, I'll read off the the ones that I have right here. Uh, Joseph Joseph Mm Gordon-Levitt, Neil Patrick Harris, Allison Brie, David Harbour, Simu Liu, Kyle Chandler, Lucy Liu, Henry Golding, Karen Fukuhara, and, oh, um, George, um, I think he's been in some space movies. George Takei? Yeah, it's take 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 Yeah, yeah, he's. I've heard of him. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in that Tim Allen joint, uh, uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, you know what? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. That's what he was in. Actually, he's in Star Wars already. Is he really? He he was in the Clone Wars. Oh, good for him. He was one of the. He was the voice of uh, one of the generals. That's great. You know. I, I'm surprised there, there's one name I thought you were going to bring up, Jim, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is a good friend of yours. Uh, the one, the only Mr. Bobby Moynihan. Is he in it? I didn't see his name pop up. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, he is in Tatooine, Tatooine Rhapsody. Good for him. Uh, That's a good for him. Al- yeah, alongside uh, Tamora Morrison, uh, who is playing Bobby. Yes, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, Bobby and I go way back. I met him once. Um at celebration they've literally taken nearly half a dozen photos together wow if you count one two as close to half to be like almost a quarter of a dozen <laughs> almost a baker's dozen no not at all not no. even yeah, close no halfway almost halfway to a bacon's dozen baker's dozen worth of photos yeah no bobby is great actually he's uh he's super nice he was just hanging out in the bar with us 
um, and just like randomly talking to Star Wars fans. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll chat with you. And like talking with uh, us and a, a bunch of other uh, people that were there. Super That's nice. awesome. I love Celebration. Celebration 2022. Yes. Hope to see him there. <laughs> he, yeah. You, you, he, he, he already has a restraining order against you. Right, he probably should. I mean, that's not the worst. All right. Um, anything else before we move on to the main event? No, let's do it, man. Nothing. Let's talk books. You All nerd. All right. One, one book. One book. Not mm. books. Well, yeah, let's just, talk books. Just, just one. Just one. Built a thousand generations ago to keep these the original Jedi texts. All right. So our main event is Star Wars The High Republic The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. And as oh, Jay Jim got the, the hardcover. Jim got the fancy special Look edition cover. I, I know the listeners can't see it, but uh I know uh, what's the name of the company you got that from? Out of print. Yes, out of print. Pretty good wraparound cover featuring I can't tell, is that the battle on Valo? Or is that the not Spoiler alert, the battle at the end of the book. I, I would say it's probably Valo because they're not going to give that away on the cover of the book, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's still in Geos that's on the cover, um, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay, so that's, that's Valo. Because sure. we'll get into it. I can't tell some of the, those two Jedi apart um, for much of the book. <laughs> really? You can't tell Stellan and Elzar apart? Yeah, but you knew oh, who I, I was can, talking about. <laughs> I mean, one of them, there's two One of them is sultry. One of them is, you know, sleeping with people, and the other one's not. So that's how I... Uh, one of, yeah, but... One of them is revealed to be quite promiscuous. Very. <laughs> quite. He's like, well, one lady's not here. I'm going to move on to this other lady. Oh, I'm going to have a so, mental connection with this one. Like, I, how, how I'm are sitting you here like, what, I'm like, is... Elzar, the one who was with Avar, like kind of a little bit, and I'm like second yeah. guessing myself, and then I, I'm like, I feel wow, like it's he's pretty much confirmed, right? I mean, yes. yeah, more or less, yeah. When they were pa- when they were like, Padawans, something about under the yeah, sheets, and I was like, <laughs> hey, all right. the sheets of Avar's bed, and I'm like, whoa, that's aggressive. <laughs> that is a Mr. Man, Mr. Man, Mr. Elzar, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm a good Jedi boy. I don't, I don't deal with any of that He's nonsense. Something yeah. else, All right, that guy. So they, the book. Go ahead. Jim. The book, the book rings in at 427 pages, and it yeah. came out at the very end of June this year. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, yeah, it is <laughs> wave one. No, phase one, wave two. I did have to sit part and one. I, yeah, I did have part one. I did have to sit and figure this out for my review. I'm like, wait, are we waves or phases or what? No, we're in phase one <laughs> called the light of the Jedi wave two. So this is the adult novel of wave two, which also the rest of wave two includes out of the shadows and um, race to crash point tower. Yes. Race to which mountain, right? Not race to crash. Race to Crash Point Shower, as I called it in our pre-recording discussion. Yes, not 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 the shower. <laughs> I bought the wrong version, I think. So this is actually Kevin. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> yeah, it is. This is actually Kevin Scott's first adult novel in the Star Wars universe. He has written, I feel like everything, um, 
but he's never written in a, an adult novel. So this is his, his first one. And, uh, um, it was interesting. Uh, what are your guys' overall impressions of the book? Connor, you go first. I would say, I, I mean, I, I, I shocker as in, as with almost everything I t- come on to talk about, I liked it a lot. Um, definitely certain points where I couldn't stop reading. Uh, I, did like the slightly slower pace than Light of the Jedi. And I don't even know if slightly slower is the right word. It's more of the differently placed pacing. Yes. Whereas Light of the Jedi starts at a breakneck pace, slows down in the middle, and then ends on a breakneck pace. This is kind of the opposite. A little bit slow build up for the first third. And then, like, the majority of the book is the Battle of the Republic Fair. And, it's, and it jumps between perspectives. And I was... You, like, I kept getting frustrated they would jump perspectives because I was so, you know, enamored with the perspective they were on. But then by the time the next chapter ended, I'd be enamored with that perspective and be upset that I was going back to the other perspective that I was upset I left before. So it, it does a good job of hooking you into everything that's going on. It can be a little bit jarring jumping from, from spot to spot to spot to spot to spot. But it's an interesting enough battle and there's cool, like, cool enough set pieces, uh, like... Elzer Man and Ty York riding dragons into battle. And I really liked at one point there's there's this like self-awareness that Kevin Scott has at, at certain points where he's kind of aware, like, hey, I understand we're doing something crazy right now. Like something you've definitely not seen in Star Wars, where I think it was um I can't remember which Jedi it was, but they were saying how like I saw a giant beast fluttering in the air and I looked closer and I realized something. Elzer Man was riding a literal dragon into battle. Like, moments like that that added a little brevity where it, you could tell Kevin Scott was, like, winking to you, like, I know this is ridiculous, too, but go with it. Um, so I really liked it for that. Um, there was some difference between the way Kevin Scott treated the Force than how Charles Sewell does. Charles Sewell dove a lot into, like, here's how every single Jedi looks at the Force, and here's how they feel it. I feel like Kevin Scott didn't spend as much time on that. But I didn't really mind it because I think he was more focused on moving the action along and moving the story along. So um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think it set up a lot. It, you, you get a clear picture of what Roe is kind of... Not a super clear picture, but you get a better idea of what Roe is imagining for the Nile and like how he's preparing to take down the Jedi. So I like that from like a, a teaser standpoint. Is you get a better idea of like, okay, he's really got something crazy to plan. Um, and kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, maybe not necessarily a cliffhanger, but more of a like gut punch of an ending. Um, and you know, I just I just want Bell Zetafar to be happy for once. <laughs> like, how heartbreaking you get like for, I mean, all of last book it's Bell trying to prove himself. It's Bell trying to prove himself, and then he does, and then boom, his master dies, and he's heartbroken. And then throughout the majority of this book, you get Bell trying to prove himself. Bell trying to prove himself. Bell trying to feel better to to realize him losing his master wasn't his fault. He finally proves himself. He starts to feel better. He rekindles with his master. Oh my god, it's amazing. And then it all goes bad again. I don't want to yell out I'm spoilers yell this out early spoiler. in the podcast. I'm going to yell out the spoiler. I'm going to do it. You do it now and then I'll continue. They kept that man, Loden Greatstorm, alive for a whole 400 pages just to have him die in front of his Padawan. And that is some enter tauntaun noise here because i i mean i it's brilliant it, i'm not saying it's a bad thing but i'm mad about it you know it what hurt. i mean it hurt. like it was like you got to be what was the point and it's like the point is he dies in front of bell and i'm like 
Okay, sure. The whole point is to, is to, I don't know if Roe meant to do this. So I don't want to necessarily, it was, it was Marshawn and Roe's plan to do this. But I think from Kevin Scott's perspective, his point was, I need to keep breaking Yes, absolutely. No, you're absolutely Pell, right. I initially thought that, that the, and this, like the ending of the book kind of changed what I was thinking was going to happen in the High Republic. I thought we were going to see Loden slowly break and break and break and break throughout these books until eventually Loden turns. But now after this book, I'm starting to realize like it, for, it could be Elzer because Elzer has this moment where he breaks and he, first of all, it's really cool for what I pictured in my head is he basically turns a Nile ship into a Beyblade and then hucks it at like three other ships. It was really cool, but it was like, oh, a little too much there, Elzer. Yeah, that man just uh. yucked a spaceship. <laughs> like, thought, oh my. Just yeah. yeeted a bunch of people into oblivion. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, it could be Elzer who eventually falls to the dark side and creates some problems. But then by the end of the book, too, you're like, Bell's also having a real rough go of it. Um, and it was kind of a haunting ending. And I, I honestly, the final sentence of like, and for the first time in decades, Stell and Geos felt fear. Like, what a way to end a book. Yeah. And now I'm just sitting here being like, all right, Claudia, great. Get Let's that book go, out. Let's Claudia. go. Like, give me that next book. So um, really, really liked it. I liked the change of pacing uh, from the last book. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So there you go. There, uh, and I'm out. See you Goodbye. guys. Thanks for having me. That's all my, that's all my that's thoughts. all of it, my lord. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought the back half was better than the front half for pacing reasons. Um but yeah, if I had to rate it, it was a party in the back and all business in the front. Correct. It was the mullet um, of Star Wars. There books. Are, <laughs> I know a little something about there that. There are so many insufferable people in this book, and I know that that's done on purpose. Like that's so you hate them. Um, but the people are insufferable, especially politicians. Like my God, and then when they're right, it makes me really mad. Um, so yeah, oh, like that Soliston. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Tia Tune. Um, yeah, pain in the butt, kind of right. And I was like, oh, I see where you're, anyway, um, really insufferable people and a lot of like backstabbers and this, that, and the other thing. And a lot of good people just continuously running into garbage. Um, very upsetting, very dark. Um, if I had to rate it, I'd give it like a seven out of 10. Like it's good. It's pretty good. It's not, it's far from perfect. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I like what they're doing with character work. Um, uh, Elzar is a very interesting character. Um, yeah, it's just, my goodness. It's, it's funny that every time we see a Jedi get some, they turn to the dark side. What's that? I don't know if that's, (laughs) if I agree with that, but I guess if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it was dope. I, I don't, this is coming from someone whose favorite Lord of the Rings movie is the two towers. I don't love a 200 page battle scene and then another hundred page battle scene. Um, I need a little bit more than that. Uh, but I guess this is star wars, isn't it? So it's not star politics. Yeah, it's. It's something they, they made one of those. It was called the prequels. Yeah, I didn't like that too much either. Anyway, the point is, it was it was good. I just think some of the the balance was a little off, but that's personal opinion, not necessarily a good or bad thing. Um, 
Yeah, I enjoyed it though. I mean, it's a, it's a great addition. I feel like I really am excited to read Claudia Gray's book, so it did its job. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you on this. Like, I just I just finished my my review. It should be up probably tomorrow, um, or when the show goes live of AI on AIPT Comics, and it the first half, like it's literally like uh, Connor. You had said the first third. I I was listening to the audiobook, and it's almost halfway when that battle starts uh, like straight through right in the middle. Um, the first half felt like nothing happened. We got a lot of leads that some kind of like got picked up. Threads got p- kind of picked up at the end. And like with the uh, Markeon's uh, quest for um, the leveler. And then you have this weird nullifying device that I, I was like, three quarters of the way through the book, I'm like, whatever happened to that? Like, what was the purpose of this nullifying device? And it kind of... Find out in Claudia Gray's... Well, it kind of comes up at the end, Mm -hmm. but then the girl scientist who was talking about it, who's the daughter of the scientist, but happened to be the one who made it, was like, I, like sold the plans or the plans got stolen or they didn't get stolen. And like she, her, story kept jumping around and so nobody knows what happened to the plans and like she tried to sell them but they weren't negotiating or something and i still don't know what happened yeah but there's, i could talk about that in a second but go ahead jim yeah the old bait and switch yeah, yeah and it's like you have a lot of threads in this book and you have a lot of things going on like in the second half during the you're right it's a battle for like about four-fifths of the second half of this book there's math for you um <laughs> it's a lot of pages of battle it's a lot of pages of battle and then you get another battle tacked on after that but mainly this main battle um and it's bouncing around back and forth as connor was saying i had a trouble keeping track of where was everybody they're like oh they're talking about stellan was stellan in the ship that was drowning or was he in the atat or was he somewhere else on the planet hold on let me get oh stellan was on the atat okay i got it now like every time it switched chapters it took me probably like a couple minutes to kind of figure out like where are they again bell was on the ship that was sinking how did the ship get in the water i don't know i just uh, keep going with it and it, it was a lot of that and um yeah. like listening to the audiobook like i didn't couldn't flip back to figure out these things but generally you understood what was going on i think my biggest problem with this book was a lot of the um during the book club we had talked about it the um things that were happening off screen like yeah. plainly obvious things that they're calling out. Like these characters keep popping in and out of this book and they're like, that must be one of the other books. Oh, that must be like, maybe that's the comic series. Maybe, oh, like, oh, Yoda's not here. What's he doing? Well, he's in the comic series. Like, um, oh, there's um, Vernestra Rowe. She's barely in this book. Where is she? Well, she's probably in one of the other books. And it's, mm-hmm. it's too much of that. Way too much of that. There's a- part of me... Part of me enjoys that because I am I'm reading all of it, so I'm like, oh, it's cool to get that payoff as somebody who is getting into all of it. Like, this is exciting; it all feels connected. But I can also understand if you're somebody who's just doesn't want to read everything because it's a ton. I could totally see being like, this is frustrating. Like, especially because you don't really need those mentions. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to mention uh, Ty York bumping into uh, Jedi Padawan Rom. Yes, in yes. Race Crash. Right. You don't need. You don't I need was like, that. Who? Like, it's, you know, I understand that they're trying to give more 
credibility and credence to that that story, which is nice, and I appreciate that. But I can also understand being someone who's like, look, I just want to read the main books. Don't make me Google what happened in these other books to get it, you know? Yeah. So I get, I get that frustration. Yeah, I was going to say that they not only skip around a lot, they just skip stuff. And it's not even just stuff that's in other books. It's like, these characters are here, and then three chapters later, they made it out of whatever they were trying to get out of, but we didn't see it. There's a lot of stuff happening, not only in other books off screen, but in this book off screen, you know? And I was just like, we're jumping around a lot. There's a lot of, like, perspectives to be like jumping in and out of because there's like everyone on this planet and i'm just like this is really confusing and if i didn't read the back half in a matter of two days i wouldn't have known what was going on yeah you know i had to rush through the end of that book because i was like if i don't do this now i'm gonna forget what's going on that's definitely why i got through the middle of it so fast like i i think i read the 200 pages of battle Probably in a Easily. day or two. Yeah, that's what I did as well. And A, because it was I was enjoying it. It was very exciting. But also because I kept realizing, I'm like, if I put this down now and go to read this tomorrow, I'm not, I'm going to be a little lost. Like, I got to get through this now to keep it all fresh in my brain. Which um, luckily worked for Kevin Scott because it was entertaining and exciting enough that I didn't I didn't feel like I, it was a chore to, yeah. to have to yeah, keep reading. Yeah. I enjoyed that I wanted to keep reading. But it was a little bit, it was, it was... A little bit realizing, like, I also, like, I don't want to stop, which is good, but I also don't think I could. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, yeah. I've got to do, I've, I've got to get through this because this is very clearly intended to be read all at once. Um, but I also think the way that the battle is being told, it would have been a disservice to have it be like, we're going to follow this whole person, all of their adventure at once. And then we're going to go back no. to the beginning and follow nope. there. So I, I get how it had mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, but I, it, it is, it is like I said, it's definitely jarring, especially if you don't just sit down and go through it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot. There's a lot of bouncing. And that was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was also our complaint about, our main complaint about Light of the Jedi, too. Yeah. Was like, this is yeah. super enjoyable, but man, this is a lot of perspectives we're jumping yes. around. And I think that's why something like Into the Dark, or Into, yeah, Into the Dark, was in a little, it just by a schmidgen, a bit better than Light of the Jedi, because it was four perspectives total not right. eight right a hundred so it's a little bit easier to follow yeah i i was gonna say this this book is long and i'm not gonna say it doesn't feel long because it does but it's very uh readable it's very digestible it's a joy it's honestly Best. a joy to read it really is as confusing as it is and as all the bad things that i'm or you know more negative things that i'm pointing out or whatever it's a joy to read this book. It really is. It's very entertaining. It's very fun. You can kind of like knock out a hundred pages and be like, what just happened? You know, it's, it's, it keeps you reading. And like you were saying before, Connor, like all the perspective changes, you, you want to keep reading. It keeps you going. It keeps you engaged. It, uh, it's, it's really masterful the way he, he did that, that he's like, I'm going to give you all this and it's a lot to handle. But you're gonna be able to digest it, and it's gonna be okay. And I was like, "Yep, you're you're right." Um, But then you take a step back, and you're kind of like, "What? What happened?" Like it's one of those where when you're reading it, you're kind of like, "Okay, I think I know what's going on. I think I know where I am." And then like you close the book, and you're like, "I don't, I don't." And I feel like now I'm talking in circles. But it's I mean it's it's a it's so much. 
Uh, it's and it, and it, it's even more if again, and this is both a positive and a negative. I think of the High Republic, depending on where you you fall. It is even more to handle if you're not reading everything else that's coming out. But even if you are reading everything else, you have to like you'll take a second and be like, wait, a minute. like for a bit in this, I'm like, where is Avar? And I was like, oh yeah, in the comics, she's off fighting the the Dren gear. That's why she's not around. Got it. And then, like, being like, Vernestra Rose got a, her Padawan? What? Oh, yeah, that happened in a test of courage. Got it. I get what's going on. So, yeah, there's a lot that it's... It, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Um, and again, I think that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. So, I I agree. It was a easy to digest book, but as I was writing my review, I'm thinking, I'm like, I have a lot of negatives about this book. But I don't remember disliking the book while I was reading it. Right. I'm like, it, it's like one of those, like you get to the end, you go, wait a second. I do remember one thing that I want to get your um, opinion on this, Nicole, because uh, you're going to be much more tuned into this than I mm-hmm. was. Um, in that the majority of the battle and a lot of the book was focused on three male Jedi. Correct. Like we had Stellan, Elzar, and Bell. And I'm like, you have a ton of female Jedi out there and a ton of female characters. Why are we only focused on these three male characters? Yep. Like, wh- why are they the main people? You're exactly right. Um, I wanted to hear a lot more from Indira. I wanted to hear more even from Ty, Yora. She, when She's she was great. there, she was great. She's wonderful. But she Ty-Yorka's wasn't there that much. She wasn't like, there she, that much. She you popped in and out. easily could have given... A handful of the chapters you gave to Elzar or Stellan. Bell, I don't want to take anything away from because he's great. Um, I don't think he had that much to be like. He didn't he have had that a lot. Much. He had the right amount, actually. He had the right is amount. What, is it, you, yeah, so. I, I would say but you could I, give a third of what each Stellan and Elzar had and give it to Indira and um, Ty, and it would have been much more balanced or felt much more balanced, even though the balance still would have weighed heavily male. Um, I would have even been happy with uh, Nib and Briaga having a little bit more airtime, you know. Um, Who? Uh, what's her name? I need, I need more. I need more Burry. Briaga and her his uh. Oh, oh okay, Nib, okay. Right? Nib, the, Nib, Nib uh, the way seven heads. No, you, no. This these these soft elderly. Yeah, yeah I would have liked okay, to hear yes. from her. Buriago um, was uh, like, Buriago was he even in this book? I yeah. know he was in this book, but was he in this yes, book? They, Not really. <laughs> they cut to every time they needed to show to remind you how sad everything was going, how <laughs> yes. was happening. They would include a little bit about Buriago was devastated, and it's like they're like the empath Buriago was feeling some stuff, and I was like, same. <laughs> exactly. like, and it's like Stellan is concerned about Buriago, and I'm like, okay, can we go talk to Buriago? Whatever. I, yes, it was just. I like, think you're right, Nicole. I would. I would go even a step further. On. You could cut out all of Stellan. You could and have. And have um, Indira Stokes. And stuff. I would have liked that. I, like, but I do like yeah. Stellan as a character, and I want to see him elsewhere, if not in this book. I do like him. I like his perspective. I like what he's doing. I like the idea of a young council member and, like, what's going on with him. But, yeah, gotcha. I need it to be much more balanced than it was. And thank you for pointing it out, Jim, because I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to be that person No, again. no. <laughs> you're fine. Like, but, yeah. literally, this came in my mind, like, yeah. 
like, yes, obviously I'm a white male, like white cis male. I am the demographic that a lot of these things shoot for. Mm -hmm. But I notice when they're not um, diverse. Like, yeah, I this really is very do. not, <laughs> very not diverse. And you look at a book like Test of Courage that is, you know what I mean? Like, we know, we know that there is an effort to make that a diverse book. Why is this not getting the same kind of treatment? I feel like they all should, but you know, it. Like I know, I Bell could yell is about it forever. Uh, yes, yeah, Bell. I... Bell is a, is a, is a man of color, a young man of color. So love that. That's why I'm saying don't take anything away from him. We like that. But then we've got you know two white boys, and doing... they were the pivotal focus of the book. Yeah, and like half of what Elzar does is get laid and get mad, and it's just like, okay. We've seen this story before, so why can't I have something a little different? And also, why can't any of the Lady Jedis get laid? I know Avar does, but like we don't see what that does to her. But sh she doesn't anymore. I guess. That's no, part of the reason he's mad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Ty was Ty York was borderline creeped out. Like, all right, Elsa. Yeah. Keep it down. She, she was like, excuse <laughs> me. Calm yourself. Like, and she's not a Jedi, so like she could do whatever she wants, you know? It's just I, like I think having I don't know Ty Ty York be the one who's who's out there sleeping around and still not falling. I don't know if sleeping around is the right term, but you know, out there betting people. I, I, I whatever you want to call it, it. I, love I think to see betting it people is that the worst way to put it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's betting. Yeah, yeah. Let her let her do yeah, what she wants. You know, Let's put it that but way. But like to show that like oh she fell off the path. <laughs> okay. Of the Jedi, she's doing her own thing, and look, she's still not the worst. She's doing like, great. All will be well. She was trying to um, bed the uh, the uh, the scientist's daughter. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then she turned out to suck. So yeah, I think what happened with that, by the way. Is she's the one who said that those plans were missing. She's the one who yes. said that. So she made it up so she could go sell them. If the plans even exist, they might just be in her head. But, but, but they like, also used that as a plot line to get to the Nihil base. That's what I'm saying, because she told them. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, she set it up and she was like, I'm going to go get myself kidnapped, basically, because that wasn't part of the plan. But she let that happen anyway and it's like then i'm gonna go try to sell it to the nile because like i know the republic's not gonna buy this so let me go sell it to the enemy because look at them they're so powerful they don't give a crap about anybody so i think they did a lot of logic jumps there like i got where it was coming from but like they were not easy strings to connect no you and know? she was yeah she she lied about so much, mm -hmm. you didn't know what the truth, if there even was any truth in anything yeah. that she was saying. Maybe not. Maybe not. But my, my whole thing is everything she told the Jedi was a lie. After the battle, everything she told the Jedi was a lie and just a plot to get her in front of the Nile, which clearly did not work out for her. So fun. Fun time America. I but don't yeah, think we're in America. It's it's like, it's like space, space America. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Even the point is, I didn't need as much of Elzar Man as I got. I agree. Yeah, like the, the both yeah, of them, especially because yeah, it's too much, too much. I think Stellan makes a little bit more sense because he wasn't. He was like an afterthought in the previous yeah. book, and he's not really been in the comics all that much either. But he's but he's referenced as this like legendary Jedi so often that like. I was I was looking forward to seeing him in this book because I'm like I want I want to see what he's finally about. Yeah, like. 
he's talked about so much. Like, is he actually going to live up to anything? And he does. Whereas with Altsar, it's like, oh, he's already a main character of the last book. Like, not sure how... And don't wrong, I enjoyed his story arc, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I like this idea that we're finally seeing, like, can we for once have anyone in the Jedi Order who gets laid and doesn't turn into an a-hole? I love that. Like, I, like they were kind of exploring that in Into the Dark, that, like, like no, Jedis are, are, are not allowed to have romantic attachments, but that there's nothing that says you're not allowed to engage physically. I thought that was super interesting, and I want to see if that they're going to continue touching on that, but it immediately became apparent, like, oh, look at that, Eltsar engaged in, in uh, you know, Relations. pleasantries yep. with a, with a, with someone, and then he immediately felt the, the pull of the dark side. It's like, why? I'd like to see somebody who maybe that doesn't happen to. Um, so I'm not saying that I disliked Eltsar's story. I liked it, but it was like, hey, like, he kind of got the spotlight last book, and you have Ty, Ty Yorick's on the cover of this book, and it's a much more interesting character. I think with, I mean, I, I, and again, it's not disdain for Eltsar, but like, Ty York is this Jedi who fell off the path, and then instead of becoming a way seeker, like we've seen with like Orla Jereni, she instead decides, you know, I'm just gonna become a mercenary. Why not? And become a saber for hire. That's way, way interesting. Like, I love that. So, and you know, she, she is in Jedi, uh, you know, uh, sorry, uh, Star Wars Adventures, The Monster of Temple Peak. Which is out now at IDW. First issue came out it was really enjoyable. So she is getting like that spotlight, but I wanted more of that spotlight here. Whereas in here, it's more of an introduction. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping she comes up more in further stories uh, because she was a very, very cool story or a very, very cool character. I mean, there's a, there's few characters in this that I'm supposed to like that I didn't. I actually can't think of any characters that I there's obvious there's characters that I dislike, but I think you're supposed to dislike them, like. I don't think you're supposed to like Panita. No, like he's the he worst. Stinks. And I thought he yeah, was you're not, fine. You're not, oh, he sucks. Oh, I like that guy. He sucks with many X's. He's the, the worst. The absolute worst. Ugh. Ugh. Luna D is not um, my favorite either. She yeah, got D worse in this. Like, like she got more maniacal. She was, yeah. Which um, fine. So so, so going back to. To, to Stellan and Elzar, I will give a compliment to the book because I don't I don't want to be all negative and no. like I did enjoy them. I liked their storylines. I Absolutely. liked that we get to see the nitty gritty Jedi. They are not monks. These are like they're not perfect. They're not oh, perfect. There was mm-hmm. there was there was so much into these. Like you had Stellar Stellar Stellar. Stellar, Stellar. Stellan, Stellar, Stellar, Stellan, Stellar, Stellan was like weeping over the body of Lena. So who um, wasn't dead, apparently, um, which I feel like they should have killed her. I thought that would have been a, like a huge, like that have been more powerful. I, I, I think agree. so. But like you saw him crying. You saw Elzar not like being like the most um monkish of the Jedi. Mm. And I, I found that fascinating. I found like all of these Jedi, they're not these um white robed monks. These are they are they get down and dirty. You find so much more about them. Yeah. And Stella You see Bell ma- Bell making mistakes a lot too. Of course. Yeah. And and and, and Bell falling and from grace. Bell getting yeah. harpooned. That was fun. Oh, oh God. that was brutal. That, that, that was, was a really brutal upsetting. Few pages. That was really upsetting in every way. I was like, "Oh God!" They were like the harpoon in his guts, and I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> I audibly that, gasped. That one hurt me. That. That, <gasps> Bell is one of my favorites of the, of this cat group. Like, and he, he lived. Is. 
That was astounding. Yeah. And then he get, keeps getting hurt. That boy just keeps getting. Anyway, they were. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, Jim, I didn't mean to interject, but you're absolutely right. They are like they show them with faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there and were, I feel uh, like Stellan. You're right. Stellan was the um, talked about as this pivotal Jedi. He he it reminded reminded me of the Harry Potter character. Uh, I had to look him up, make sure I got his name right. Gilderoy Lockhart. Mm. Like. Like they they kept talking about how great looking he was, how like he was on the council, how this like like m- like perfect example of like what you would want as the the show person um, as the head of the Jedi, and he actually turns out to be a good Jedi as opposed to Gildor Lockhart, but um, but like that's the way they set him up as like the the figurehead essentially, like the good looking guy, and I liked getting more of him. I liked to see that, but it was just. Maybe too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were two lines towards the end of the book that I, I had to screenshot this because I was like, uh, yep. Um, d- uh, Chancellor So says to Stellan, they're talking after all, like, after basically all the action has happened. When they're in the and, hospital? Yes. And she says, um, I still believe in my heart that we were right to vote against Toon's permanent defense force. The last thing the Republic needs is an army. And I laughed. Ah! I laughed out loud. And then the next thing Stellan says to her is, the Jedi are not warriors, nor should we ever be. And I said, wow. You clearly <laughs> haven't uh, seen. I chuckled. <laughs> I laughed. I I was like, this is, that's fun. That's fun for me. Big old steaming pile of force. Yeah. The, <laughs> the most, it's a little heavy handed. But I was like, I really appreciate that this is in here because it shows you just how much the Jedi have changed and fallen by the time we get to the prequels. So I just needed to point that out because I thought that was uh, funny as hell. So question. But it does almost it. Oh, go ahead, Jim. I was going to ask you. You can you can go. I got I got a question for uh, for you guys. I was just going to say it almost feels like we're going to see them get to the cusp of what ended up happening. And and reel back and be like, no, 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 we can't actually do this. Mm-hmm. And and be like, hopefully this let this be a lesson for the Jedi generations from and now. Won't. And it won't be because, you know. And, and Yoda was there and he still goofed. Anakin. No, Yoda wasn't there. He's the, he, the, he, he was not there. there. He wasn't physically <laughs> but there, almost, but he's alive and he knows what's up. It almost works as a workaround, like uh, an in-canon meta workaround for anyone Who's reading these and being like, "Well, how come Yoda never references any of these battles or anything?" He wasn't We're starting there. to find out, like, because he actually wasn't there. <laughs> like, he was off doing his own thing. You, his Padawans don't even know where. You he is. know who was there, though. You know who Jabba? was Yariel Poof. Ah, uh, yeah, Yariel Poof, <laughs> the Poof Master himself. What? He even headlines. He did. He had speaking lines in this book. I don't even know you who you're talking about. He's in this you don't book. Know who you, Yariel Poof. Long neck. Uh, quer- oh, that uh, quer- guy. Quer- yeah, okay. I'm with yeah. him. Sorry. Yep. Bad with names. He has speaking lines. He's yeah, the, he spoke. He, he's the greatest Jedi of all time. Okay, okay Jim. <laughs> he taught Yoda all he knows. I'm so sorry. It's true. It's true. He's a legend. He really is. All right. Question for you guys. Yeah. What on earth is the leveler? Because what we got at the beginning of the book does not line up with what we got at the end of the book. I don't book. know, but it well, killed Loden so, Greystorm, right? It, it turned him into yeah, they stone. Have to, like, it, it's the basilisk. From what I understand, so. yeah, it's, it's the, 
what they go after in the beginning of the book is just one there's the leveler and then there's another thing they got what was it the like it had another term but like i understand they had to put the two things together and somehow this birthed some sort of creature um I'm gonna need more of an explanation that I assume is coming I in another literally... book. I literally... I won't get upset yet, because I'm assuming this is gonna come... We're gonna get at least more of an idea of what it is. It Was it a physical monster, or is it some sort of spirit? No so, like, so Okay, so confused. I'm not the only one. No, I was, <laughs> I was reading these pages. I think you're supposed to be kind of like, confused and scared, yeah, though. Yeah, like, but I was just like, what in the name is this thing like if i can't see it i physically can't see it it is you your job as the author to explain to me what is going on and i just saw nothing like in my mind's eye i was like is it a freaking like ghost tiger thing what is it all i know is it's got four legs that's all i know like it it is it a smoke monster? Is, is it, it like I was I swear to god I was just going to say the smoke monster from Ma, from, from Lost, Lost yeah. but with yeah but with like a more of an ethereal shape And did Markion put a color on it when he went to like like what's going this on this thing like how did he get this thing back from wherever he went like is this thing the thing that he got? And that is what really confuses me. I'm like, all of a sudden it's an animal. I'm like, how is it an animal now? I'm like, what? I don't get it. I, I truly don't get it. I don't know yeah. that we're supposed to, but I do not get it. I, I'm chalking it up to right now. You're supposed to feel as, as the reader, he's trying to make you feel, Kevin Scott is trying to make you, the reader, feel as confused and lost and scared as I the guess. Jedi. But it can also be frustrating because it's like, well, I'm not the Jedi. Just tell, tell me, me what, what it, is. it is. But again, I will refrain from true negative feelings about it until the next book or possibly the Martian Row comic series we're going to get to see if maybe we get answers maybe. there. Or wait until we get a comic. There's been a lot of things where I'm like, I'm not really sure what it looks like. But then a comic comes out and, and shows that thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Now I see it. So... Oh, oh, I, I'm still the the judgment isn't out there uh, on that, but uh, yeah, it was a little confusing yeah. as to what you were supposed to be seeing. Okay, I'm glad I'm. I, it wasn't just me. Nope. All right, final thoughts, uh, Nicole. Uh, what you said you'd give it a seven. Seven uh, out of I'm ten. I'm assuming that. Yeah. Out of ten, yeah, or not just seven. Seven just out of seven. Uh, seven. <laughs> seven A. Seven out of fifteen. No. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's not something I'm going to revisit. I'm happy I read it. I have good and bad feelings about it, as you've heard. And there you go. Connor? I'll give it an 8.75, just shy of a 9. Uh, only thing keeping it from the 9 is some pacing issues. Uh, a little bit of confusion towards the level or monster. But other than that, it was it was hard to put down for good reasons. Uh, it opened up a lot of new story threads for future books that I'm excited about. Uh, it put Bell through the ringer. And even though I love Bell and he's one of my favorite new characters, I think you're going to get a beautiful Phoenix like resurrection for him where he's going to come back stronger than ever. And, uh, and kill everybody. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully <laughs> not. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it set up a lot of cool things for the future and, uh, introduce some cool new characters. Ty York being the best one. Ty York's an awesome new character. Hopefully she gets a spotlight soon. Um, 
But yeah, major complaints just being the pacing is a little wonky in the beginning. It's kind of slow paced, but once it gets going, it's impossible to put down. Um, too many references to other books that if you're not reading those other books, you're going to be a little confused. Uh, and that I think can be a bit of a negative. Um, and my you know, ultimate complaint is that we got to wait till January for the next book because uh, what an ending. So yeah, 8.75 out of 12. No, out of 10. <laughs> I don't know how that math works out. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, when I, in my review, I equated it to really, it is on par with light of the Jedi. Like it has the similar problems, but it also has the similar good points. Like the, the, the pacing is the same problem between the two books, even though they're two completely different authors, like you have the same pacing problems, the same, so many characters. Um, but also they are fun books to read. I won't revisit it, but that's, means literally nothing as I never revisit any books. I, n- I never read a book yeah. more than once. Um, I can count on one hand the books I've read more than once. And so like I gave it a seven as well because it is, it's a solid book. It is a fun read but when you sit back and look at it it has some issues. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it is tells a good tale. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I will definitely be reading the other books uh, in the series um, since I read all of the Star Wars books. So even though we have those really weird um, off-scene moments in the book, I don't enjoy those. But I will probably enjoy them more when I see them in the other no. Just wait till you see them referenced in the new comics because they are. Oh, are they? I, I didn't even know if yep. the comics... Uh, I, I'm still way behind on the comics. Um, having In the free comic book day issue of Star Wars Adventures, The High Republic, there is like... It's literally like, hey, look, there's Ty York. She helped us get out of the jail when we were trying to get to Crash Point Tower to fix the communications. That's an actual line of dialogue. Wow. God. <laughs> Like, and it's it's like okay, we get it, Daniel. You wrote that's both. what I'm like. Didn't he write the free comic book? Thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. You're plugging your work, man. We get it. You're proud of all right, it. DJO. Um, <sighs> yeah. It, 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 <laughs> so if you if you if you're already annoyed by it, boy, it does not go away. <laughs> and I'm I'm assuming it won't because um, that's what they've set up here. It's energy. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. With that. I'll bid us adieu. You can reach us with any comments or questions or suggestions uh, at our email, talkingtauntauns at aiptcomics.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at talkingtauntauns. Please uh, feel free to message us, comment, follow, uh, like, um, subscribe. Is that a thing? No, it's not. Um, uh, not on Not on Twitter. <laughs> Don't do all, Just do all the things. Do all Click the, the things. Click all the stuff. buttons. I don't yeah. know. I'm old. Um, I, I hear the TikTok's a thing, but I'm not there. I am. Yeah, because you're you're youngin'. Yeah, you're young like DJO. I guess. <laughs> if approaching thirty is young, then yeah, sure. It's a lot younger than me. <laughs> All right, and with that, we will see you next time. 